0: Hey, girl. Hey. So question, how has the month of June been going for you so far? Because I don't know about you, but I feel like this has been like a really transformative month for me. I feel like I've been getting all kinds of experiences that have been teaching me so many things about myself. And I'm being humbled in so many different ways that honestly, I kind of feel attacked by the month of June. I really feel attacked. No, I'm just kidding, um, but it's definitely been quite the month, but I'm always, always grateful for the times that are trying because it, in the end, it really helps me grow. And speaking of hard times, I think that sometimes we get under the impression that having hard times in our journey to self-love means that we are doing it wrong or that we're not strong enough or we aren't healing fast enough. You know what I mean? But I I think that couldn't be further from the truth. And that's why for this week's episode, episode 15, we are going to be talking about what they don't tell you about the self-love journey. First off, no one tells you that the journey looks more like a winding road than a straight path. And when I say that, I mean that there are highs and there are lows and there are lulls and there are sharp turns. As opposed to there being a straight, predictable road that leads to the destination. In fact, that's exactly it. The self-love journey is unpredictable and it's long. It's a lifelong journey. And you never stop learning even when you think you've learned it all. Because, trust me, you're just beginning. And the reason why I say that is... The thing is, to love yourself is to know yourself, and to know yourself is something that we spend our whole lives doing. Nipsey Hussle said it best when he said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And actually, I think that's going to be our quote for this week. And I'm sure you've heard it before, but I'll say it again. It's a marathon, not a sprint by Nipsey Hussle, the late rapper. The self-love journey requires endurance and discipline to withstand all its highs and lows, just like a marathon. It requires you to be present for each and every minute throughout the way so that you can be able to pace yourself and last the whole time. With sprints, on the other hand, we're focused completely on the end goal and All we're focused on is doing whatever we can to get us there. Sprints don't allow us to think and process. There's no time for that. There's only time for doing whatever we can to finish first. And in this self-love journey or marathon, whatever you want to call it, it's not at all about finishing first. It's about finishing at all. So earlier I mentioned how this journey can be like a winding road and I want to expand on that and let you know that there will be days where you feel like you'll never make progress or days you'll wonder, wait, why did I just call myself stupid even though I know using harsh language towards myself isn't exactly self-love? Or maybe you might start to wonder to yourself, why is it that I'm in agreement with the fact that I deserve to be with someone that loves me unconditionally and treats me right, but yet I still settle for partners that don't. Like, why do I know my truth, but when it comes down to it, I struggle with applying it and end up right back at square one? Well, let me help put things in perspective for you. The reason this journey is long and unpredictable is because it's one thing to understand a concept or an affirmation, like, because I love myself, I will not entertain partners that do not support me. But... It's another thing to have that affirmation ingrained into your core belief system, meaning that that affirmation has made its way from being something that you understand to something that you believe through experience and application. It has gone from something being surface level to something being anchored deep within you. Because when we understand something, we understand it consciously, meaning that we're aware of it in the present moment but for it to be our truth for it to be something that we believe it must go deep down into our subconscious our subconscious is the area within our mind that is unaware it is the area of ourselves that holds all of our beliefs about ourselves others the world around us and what we deserve The reason why so many of us feel like we have failed in the self-love journey is because we take an affirmation into our conscious awareness, but do not take the time to allow it to sink in and go deeper into our subconscious. And before long, we get frustrated and start loathing ourselves, hating ourselves, thinking it's impossible to heal ourselves. I know this might still be a little difficult to understand, so think about it like this. Med school students, nursing students, and other health professionals don't just learn the material, take a test, and start working, right? Even though they understand the material, it's one thing to understand it and another to have their own experiences through rotations and clinicals to help them ingrain the concepts that they have learned deep within them so that whenever they have a patient in the future, they know exactly how to handle their symptoms because their previous experience and application has helped them to ingrain the concept and approach deep within them. So hopefully now you can see that whenever you have moments where you feel like you're not having progress, you might actually be getting the chance to have those real life experiences to help you turn those concepts and affirmations that you've learned about yourself from your conscious awareness into your core belief system, into your subconscious Believe me, it takes time and at any given moment, you are doing the best that you can with what you know. So when you have those low moments, thank the universe for them. Smile, even, because you are being given a challenge to grow yourself and to create new belief systems about yourself. The second thing no one tells you is that the lows of the self-love journey require consistent self-forgiveness and self-compassion. You might view the lows of the journey as being a sign that you aren't as strong as you think you are or strong enough to grow into the person you always were meant to be. Or you might even view the lows you experience as parts of yourself that you detest. And that's where unconditional self-compassion and self-forgiveness must come in. You have to be able to love yourself at your low points just as much as you do as at your high points because love is absolutely a conscious choice that is made every day and in every moment, and it's not a feeling. See, because if you only love yourself when you see the characteristics or the parts of you come out that you like and that you've worked for, that's not really love as much as it's just a feeling. Maybe you feel happy that you're like this or you feel proud of yourself that you're like this because it's easy. It's easy to love yourself when things are going good or and when you're acting like who, you know, acting like the person you want to become. But it takes love to love yourself when you aren't that person, when you're still working to become a better version of yourself, or when your shadow self jumps out, and shadow self meaning the parts of you that you've maybe kept hidden, the parts of you that maybe aren't the parts that you admire. It takes unconditional love, and by extension, unconditional self-compassion and self-forgiveness to see the parts of your shadow self, meaning maybe the jealous version of yourself or the angry version of yourself or maybe even the manipulative version of yourself and to see that and love yourself through it and look at it and be like, "Mm, these are parts of myself I maybe am not the most proud of. I know maybe I need a little work on them, but they are a part of who I am and I am going to still love myself through it and I'm going to do the best I can to become the best version of myself while still understanding that I'm human and sometimes I have human moments and so that means sometimes the jealousy jumps out sometimes the manipulativeness jumps out but either way I still love all of me it takes self-compassion and and self-forgiveness to get to that point point. and in fact if you'd like to know more or would like a little more help in the area of showing yourself forgiveness go ahead and click the link below um, in the show notes to get a preview of the ebook or my ebook, The Three-Step Guide to Radical Self-Forgiveness. Um, and you can get access to the full version in the link at the end of the preview of the ebook. So now the third thing that no one tells you about the self-love journey is that it's lonely and frustrating and difficult. Loving yourself, like I said earlier, is a conscious choice that you make in every moment, every day. Think about romantic love. In romantic relationships, you choose to take both the good and the bad. And you help someone work through their issues and allow them to to help you work through yours and sometimes it's easy to do it and sometimes it's hard but when you love them you find a way to do it every moment every day now most of us understand that unfortunately when it comes to loving ourselves a lot of us have been sold the false narrative that loving yourself is only about bubble baths and spas and reciting cute affirmations that we find on twitter and instagram and Now, while that might be part of an expression of loving ourselves, the true work is difficult, but it's so, so, so worth it. Remember, you're removing false beliefs, toxic thought patterns, and maybe even toxic people from your life. And that can be lonely. And there have been times where I was in therapy and reading all kinds of self-help books trying to understand how I could learn to love myself, and because no one around me was going through the same process, I felt lonely, and I felt frustrated that I didn't know how to love myself, but I never gave up, and I never stopped journaling, and reflecting on my childhood experiences, and seeing my therapist, and meditating, and reading, and learning about this thing called self-love, and sure, these were all foreign things that I'd never done before. I'd, I'd never you know, meditated and sat and told somebody all my feelings and what I've been through, right? But I knew that I wanted to love myself and to have a good sense of self-esteem so bad that I was willing to trust that my daily investments in myself would eventually pay off. And so I just kept, because if I know one thing, I know that consistency brings results and it brought and continues to bring results for me and it will for you too and the last thing no one tells you about the self-love journey is that it requires discipline it requires discipline because like i said earlier it is difficult frustrating and at times lonely the journey is tough and demanding it's kind of like when a snake sheds its skin like i'm sure it's not the most enjoyable experience for the snake and i'm sure like it itches but I'm also sure that snakes don't want to have this dead skin just hanging around them, so they know that they have to do it um, in order to grow. And that's what this journey is all about. It's about shedding off your false self, the false self that you unknowingly conjured with the negative opinions and perspectives of others, whether it's the harsh opinions of your parents or your family members or your exes or the people who may have bullied you when you were younger. It's the shedding of that in order to reveal what's underneath, your true self, your highest self, your spirit self, the the God within you, the soul within you. And that's what this journey is all about. And remember this, if you're in your 20s like me, it's likely been 20 plus years that you've been hanging on to false belief systems about yourself. And because our subconscious mind is formed from our earliest years, even before we turn seven. And to reverse all those years of subconscious, you know, programming, for lack of better words, it won't be an overnight process. So please be patient with yourself. Appreciate the journey. Appreciate that it takes discipline, and that it can be lonely, and that it can be frustrating. But Choosing the journey, despite all of its difficult times, is ironically how you teach yourself how to love yourself unconditionally. Because think about it, who is willing to go through all of that for someone, like no matter what, who's willing to do that? someone who loves. So take heart and know that it is so, so, so worth it and know that the beginning is the hardest part because that's where you are confronting a lot of your inner pain and your false beliefs about yourself. But as you keep with it, it gets easier and easier and you begin to love actually both the highs and lows. Stick with it. Don't listen to that voice that tells you you'll never have high self-esteem or you'll never love yourself fully because you will. You will. If I, a woman who used to be highly, highly codependent and used to get my entire sense of self from what everyone else thought about me and someone who grew up with several emotionally unavailable family members and endured many forms of abuse, like if I could do it, (laughs) And if I am doing it, because like I said, it's a journey, I, I'm still going through the journey. Believe me, you can too. I promise you this isn't some fake wishy-washy, I love you and you can too, fluffy stuff. Like this is actually real. I want you to know that fully loving yourself despite what other people think and feel about you and in the midst of what other people think and feel about you is absolutely real. It's so real. And the journey is, it's long and trying, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. So, this week we have something a little new. We have a question from a listener on Instagram. And the question was a little bit long, so at the end, I summarize it a little bit to give you some more context, but in the beginning here, I'm going to quote her. So she says, When it comes to relationships, every relationship in my family, aunties, uncles, cousins, has been an unsuccessful relationship. My parents have been divorced from before I was born, and people always ask, what is my biggest fear? I would say it is a relationship. I have only been in one long-term relationship, and he was a great guy, but I wasn't attracted to him. I was with him for close to five years, and throughout the relationship, I kept hurting him and second-guessing him, and I was unfaithful, and I told him about it, but we couldn't leave. In a relationship, I feel like I change into a different person and revolve my life and my decisions around my partner. And okay, so that's the end of the part where I'm quoting her. And in the question, she goes on to say that because she is scared of relationships, she ends up seeing a lot of guys and having flings that only feel good for a little while, in her words. And she says she does not want to get into another relationship unless she knows she will be faithful and not doubt that the relationship whoops I meant not doubt the relationship she wonders if she is capable of not being what she has grown up with and she also mentions that she has a mother with bipolar disorder and a father who always puts her down okay so thank you so so much for your question so to me it seems like the main thing I'm hearing is that you the listener who sent me the question recognize the dysfunctional relationship dynamics in your family and as a result of seeing these failed relationships growing up you might have subconsciously formed what i like to call a story a story about who you are and without knowing it unconsciously that story drives the way you approach relationships It seems to me that maybe that story started as something along the lines of everyone around me that gets in relationships gets hurt from relationships and they just don't last. And maybe it turned into something you began to identify with. So now the story in your subconscious mind sounds like this. Everyone I get in relationships with will eventually hurt me and relationships just don't last. The reason I say this is because in your question you shared that you were with someone for 5 years that you weren't attracted to but during the relationship you were unfaithful and I wonder if maybe you subconsciously felt like you needed to stay with this person even though you weren't attracted to him to prove to yourself that your story Wasn't true, like to prove to yourself that relationships do last, even if it was at the expense of you being with someone you. Didn't truly want to be with. And I say this because relationships, whether we like it or not, reveal who we truly are and what we need to work on. That is why so many of us stay away from them. It's because they're like mirrors. And a lot of times, romantic relationships are the place where we try to rectify our hurts and our pains from our childhood. The mind loves to make sense of things and to have resolutions. And unfortunately, as children, we don't have the capacity to resolve things in the way that we can as adults. And as children, we interpret everything wrong that happens to us and around us to either be our fault or the reality that we have to accept. So fast forward to many years later, when you are the adult that you are now, um, Your mind recognizes a chance to resolve that pain that you had as a child, that it kept buried and hidden within you, and a chance to make sense of the story you've told yourself. And that chance usually happens, like I was saying, in the context of romantic relationships. So I feel like maybe you fear relationships just as much as you desire them, Because you also mentioned that um, in the context of a relationship, you revolve your life and your decisions around your partner, which makes me wonder if you've again subconsciously formed a story that you need to put someone else's needs above your own in order to receive love due to what you said about your father always putting you down. So here's what I propose. To the person that wrote This question, or to anybody who can relate to this, listen to that part again, that part where I explained how I see um, the situation because I know it was a lot to digest like it was a lot so if you listen to it again you might catch some things you didn't catch the first time so that's my first piece of advice second one would be to look at this relationship that you had as an insight to, to some of the wounds and stories you've inherited from the way that you grew up and understand that you're not someone who's unfaithful or incapable of having a loving lasting and secure relationship realize instead that you likely have some pain from lack of acceptance and love from your father and that maybe it would be a good idea to take some time to unearth what your inner child feels about how you were treated growing up take some time to cry take some time to meditate that usually helps get those feelings out as well um Take some time now to feel now what you couldn't feel then because once we unearth the feelings and emotions we've buried from our childhoods, we really, really begin to heal because then we face them and when we face them, they no longer have a hold on us and then we can move from a place of feeling trapped in a cycle to a place of feeling in charge of our lives. Take some time to learn what your boundaries are and what you love about yourself and what you want your life to look like so that the next time you are in a relationship, you won't have to latch onto someone else's way of thinking or living. Understand that the dysfunctional relationships you saw growing up is not your story. It's not your reality. It doesn't have to happen to you too. You get to decide what your life will look like. I know it seems like because the people that looked like you experienced dysfunction that you also have to, but let me tell you, you are an individual. You didn't choose what house or family you wanted to grow up into. You didn't choose the things that they believe or to see things the way they see things. But now that you are an adult, you have a choice. Now you can reparent and reteach yourself to become the person that you want to be. It will take time, but trust me, you are not bound by the lives your family members lead. Don't worry about how they live their lives or what they say about you Instead, ask yourself what you say about you and how you want to live your life. And as you continue to answer those questions for yourself, you will find and discover the real you. And when you do that, love will follow you and it will last. It will. I hope that answers your question. And of course, again, thank you so much for asking. And to everyone listening to this episode, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Until next time!